This is 109.9 Leyline Radio. Welcome listeners to Leyline Radio, the end of the dial at the edge of the world. True stories, too chilling and strange to be real. Or are they? I'm the host, and our story today will take us back to the gray town in upstate New York, Sapphire. The town is seated in the middle of the Finger Lakes, surrounded by popular vineyards and summer communities of aging snowbirds. In the heart of the oldest area of town is a large historical cemetery seated on 85 acres of hilly land. If you look at a ley line map on top of a topical map, you will find that this is near the center of the most intersecting ley lines. But that alone doesn't make this particular cemetery much of note. It's what happens to its living occupants once they enter their iron-wrought gates that bring us to today's story. It's entitled, Remembering Our Dead, and is submitted by Jay. The bright light of a crisp early spring day beams down on the endless rows of mausoleums and headstones, flowers from families and admirers or historical figures, Litter the ground as tributes from the living, letting the dead know that they haven't been forgotten. Dotting the highest areas of grass are monuments to fallen soldiers buried together because they couldn't be identified, and smaller clocks marking the burial mounds of countless indigenous lives slaughtered and thrown away. A somber parade of viewers and loved ones snake through the seemingly never-ending paths and driveways towards a freshly dug gravesite. It's easy to understand its scope during the day, but as dusk sets upon the tree lines and the swirling masses of crows take to the skies, the feeling in the cemetery changes. And the feeling is almost tangible like the unseen crowd is joining the living in the place of the dead. The winding driveways and paths easily driven and traveled during the day are suddenly roaming and erratic, difficult to find an outlet. Things seem to move and dart just out of your line of sight as headlights move around a curve or your flashlight darts from stone building to the tree line to the obelisks of remembrance. The first time I entered this place at night was in the back seat of a friend's car. The mood was jovial and bristled with the excitement of scary stories passed down from teenagers and people before us. The giant aging stone archway with deep and tall iron gates loomed in front of the car. The dark seemed so deep and expansive around our two orbs of light that it moved and pulsated like a secret being was being kept just out of sight. We pulled through, and I was suddenly uneasy. Everyone got very quiet, like we could all feel the same dreaded feeling. The snake-like driveways took us further into the heart of the place of resting and further from its borders of safety. My stomach churned with nervousness, but the deeper we drove, the churning became a deep, pain that radiated from my stomach, causing muscles to clench and my body to contort in pain. The pain was so agonizing, and my friend in the back seat with me was overcome with a headache so severe that she had to close her eyes because it was more than she could possibly bear. 
without being able to speed up because of the harsh twists and curves of the path in front of the car. My friend was growing more and more uncomfortable because he felt as if we were being led somewhere versus being able to find a way out. This went on for almost half an hour. I felt like it would throw up everything I had ever eaten and that some alien beast would rip through my stomach at any point. My friend was so small, she curled up on the floorboards, the headache so bad that when she opened her eyes, all she could see was white. Later, my friend in the passenger seat said it felt as if the dark was closing in further and further into the car like it was trying to crush us whole. We finally reached one of the many exit gates set up on the perimeter, but this gate, we would later realize, is over eight miles from our original starting point. Within a minute or two of sitting in a gas station parking lot just off the lines of the cemetery, all the discomfort and pain subsided, and my friend sat up like nothing had been wrong. We all sat on the curb of the parking lot for close to an hour, sipping sodas and nibbling dry gas station pizza crusts before anyone could say anything. We, of course, questioned what had just happened, but no one seemed to be able to accuse each other of faking it or being overly dramatic, as our friend group tended to be. At this point, most people would never enter that place again. My friend group was not those kind of people. Our next journey came near the crossing of summer into fall, so the days were still hot, but the nights had a deep chill that felt like it was trying to get into your bones. The next time we decided to walk in through the gates without a car. Two friends decided to stay on the town side of the gate while the rest of us traveled through the resting places. Armed with just headlamps and phones, we set off. One of us staying on a video call with the two outside the gate at all times. After five minutes of walking, we reached the large unmarked mounds that held the spirits and remains of unknown First Nations warriors lost in pointless conflicts with white settlers. And just beyond that ridge was a large pad of dirt that had recently been disturbed. But it wasn't quite big enough to hold a coffin, but it was what was on top of it that we found most alarming. Laid out in symbolic forms were large black feathers the large populations of crows hadn't ascended back to their roosting places in town, so we were surprised to see so many in one place. And as we stood there over them, making sure our friends in the call could see them, we noticed that all the feathers were slick and wet. And sprinkled dots of dirt and wetness were on the ground around the grass. And it was blood. And it wasn't dry. So whatever this was had happened recently. Our group was silent, and it suddenly felt like we were being watched from the dark edges just beyond our lamplights. In a moment that was silently agreed upon by the group, we quickly and quietly moved back towards the large gates. We could see our friends, but we got closer, and it seemed like we could never close that distance. But after some time, we did get there and crossed back through again to the land of the somewhat living. Most teens with curious groups of friends have similar stories and have spent too much time trying to learn the cemetery secrets. Though I tried to make sure from then on that all of my visits happened in the daytime. 
The last story I have of note involves a funeral with an unexpected visitor. I was a singer and was hired to do some special events, town holidays, weddings, even funerals. I wasn't religious, but found that decent money came in singing hymns. On a winter afternoon, I was set to sing at a funeral of a church board member of one of the many affluent churches in the area, and I was doing a quick sound check before everyone arrived from the church. There was no one around except myself, the sound guy, and the person overseeing the coffin being lowered into the ground from the cemetery. Out of nowhere, an older teen girl appears from behind one of the large mausoleums, just looking confused. How can we help you? Are you here for the Sullivan burial? The girl was dressed in a 70s style dress with a jean jacket over it and knee-high suede brown boots. No, I, I was at my grandfather's burial and I got lost looking for a bathroom. We all looked at one another because there was no other funerals planned that day. Are you sure? This is our only funeral today. Yeah, I, I was just over there. She turns and points, but realizes that there isn't anyone else there. She looks at us and then turns and walks away back behind the mausoleum. I quickly walked after her to make sure that she was okay, but when I crossed to the other side, she was gone. She was nowhere to be seen. I looked around, and next to the large building I saw four headstones with the same last name. There was a stone marked 1960 to 1977, flowers littering the ground around it. I slowly walked back to the site of the burial as the first guests were arriving. The sound guy looked at me and asked, She's still there? And I just shook my head. After all these years of exploring the unexplainable, some stories make me no longer curious to see these places for myself. Now join us next time for more stories too chilling and strange to be real. And don't worry if you can't find us. We'll find you. This is the host... Signing off.